0: brought to you by FruitNet Media. This is Fruitbox. Hello, and welcome to Fruitbox, FruitNet's series of conversations about the fresh fruit and vegetable business with me, Chris White. Every week I talk down the line from here in London with people from across the world of fresh produce about some of the biggest issues they face today. I want these 15-minute conversations, which we now broadcast once a week, every Thursday, to give you the best insight into how to do better business in fresh fruits and vegetables. Now, I spoke on a couple of weeks ago here on Fruit Box with Lisa Raskia. She's the trading director, fresh fruits and vegetables at Marks & Spencer's here in Britain, where I live. In our conversation, she talks about the redevelopment of Marks & Spencer's food stores. Now, a lot of um, what they're doing is about retail theatre, which starts, well, at the front door, with something as simple as someone saying, hello, and welcome you into their shop. And it also extends into some of the new technologies that are now available in more and more supermarkets around the world, not just at Marks and Spencers. InFarm is a company that's been leading these developments. They're an urban farming company based in Berlin in Germany, uh, and they've now got their units installed in supermarkets all over the world. Now, last month, the company announced the creation of their new growing centers, which Marks... I think a real step change in the future of urban farming. To tell me about this, I'm delighted to be joined down the line from his head office in Berlin uh, by InFarm's Vice President of Corporate Sales, Daniel Katz. Daniel, welcome to Fruitbox.
1: Hello, Chris. Uh, Thank you for having me.
0: It's a pleasure. Now, tell me, these growing centers, what are they? Explain a bit more.
1: Yes. So uh, before we jump into this, maybe just a small Really quick introduction about InFarm. So currently we are uh, operating in ten countries, seven in Europe, uh, two in North America. We launch in Japan this year. Uh, it's a really great expansion. Almost thousand employees working for us already in the company. And uh, when we started the business model, we created a, basically a hybrid model for retailers globally, where we deploy farms directly to the point of uh, consumption, directly into the supermarkets. Uh, with our unique solutions of uh, hydroponical farm, plug and play farms, uh, which can really grow produce directly in the store. But it was always combined with the large warehouses where we deployed our technology also to grow produce centrally and deliver to those shops also more volumes and more variety. So this kind of the idea of, of the growing centers and the new technology you're reading about is basically something that we released already last year and decided that now is the right time to start and speak about it. And it's based also on the same way we do it farming in the supermarkets, just on a larger scale in much larger warehouses. This is the idea behind this it. is
0: This is these new growing centers. Exactly. Okay. Now, why is now the right time to do this? And, and where do you plan to start?
1: Well, first of all, if you look on the, all the hydro uh, vertical farming companies out there, what they do is they are focusing a lot on building farms. They're building large facilities, deploy large, very large farms inside. What we did is to approach it a bit differently. We are not building farms. We take in facilities and deploy modules inside. and those farms, those towers, those automated towers, can basically grow by demand. So if the retail has more demand, we just add one or two or ten more towers in order to fill up all the facility. Why are we doing this now? As you know, the population is keep growing, the demand is keep growing. Uh, much food production is needed, mainly in uh, large cities. And therefore, uh, now we're pushing much more on the button to start to grow. And also mainly because we grow much more variety, much, much more assortment. So we started with a lot of leafy greens, herbs, lettuces, mixed salads, microgreens. And now we're doing the first steps into tomatoes, mushrooms, chilies, strawberries in the future. Uh, which requires naturally much bigger spaces to grow uh, centrally and distribute between the supermarkets.
0: Uh, And and Daniel, this is all essentially using the same technology that I would kind of find at my local supermarket. Is that right? Or is it rather more sophisticated than that?
1: I would say it's very similar because you still use light, you use water, you need nutrition for your plants. The only difference is that those systems are highly efficient. They are fully automated. You can imagine high tower that can be moved between 10 to 25 meters with lots of trays inside that can grow basically everything and so the main advantage you have there is the automation uh, the ability to grow much more they are highly efficient on electricity and water consumption and they can grow up to half a million plants on 25 square meters only within one year. Uh, so those, I would say, the major difference uh, by growing them centrally. Basically. So it's
0: almost little skyscrapers for, for fresh fruits and vegetables.
1: You can call it like this, yes. And uh, may, the main target at the end is also deploy those outside, so outdoor, to using parking parking lots of supermarkets where they have lots of space uh, to engage also with the community, create lots of experience around them. And uh, this, is, this is what we envision in our mind.
0: And 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 also this this idea of theatre, you know, of of, of almost uh, an excitement around for the consumer about seeing these units. Now, one of the things that most people who live in cities, and many more of us live in cities than ever before in the history of humanity, know that cities are often surrounded by market gardens. You know, there are tomato growers and cucumber growers and all sorts of things around cities. Why is your Different, your offer rather so different to what they're doing. Is it just the kind of the sexiness, shall we say, of the technology? What is so different about it?
1: We call it a
0: radical transparency. As you know, today our
1: food system is not transparent at all. We don't know where the food is coming from. People don't talk with us about it. People don't tell us which additional values we have in what we buy. In most cases, we also import most of the time of the year, so produce can come to Europe from Israel or from other countries, uh, which allows us now to be very transparent with our brand with our communication with our product to say to them consumers we are growing locally in the city and for the city or in the region for the region and this allows us to be to tell them why they should buy fresh produce and what benef- benefits they have by buying and eating those those products and on top naturally you you will need much more planets to feed all the all the all the population we will have in the next 30 to 50 years. And therefore, yes, now it's the right time to work on exactly those solutions to become very self-sufficient in the areas we are living in. And now, therefore, it's, it's very important.
0: The thing that interests me, though, is when I talk to, you know, friends, and I've done, I've done this over many years as, as working as a journalist, they're always very rather scared about technology when it comes to fresh fruits and vegetables. You'll think, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, I always expect fresh fruits and vegetables to be grown in the soil, by somebody that i know your solution is kind of so radically different uh you're you're not growing in the soil you're growing these little mini skyscrapers using state-of-the-art technology what is it about your technology that kind of relaxes the consumer and makes him feel at home with this why does it work for you and it didn't work for them if you see what i mean
1: I would say that, first of all, if you look on the growing processes, I call it very clean growing process. So we don't use any pesticides, non-GMO. We don't spray our products, which is very, very important. Also from the seed stage, we don't buy treated seeds or chemical treated seeds. So to say, we're trying to work with organic seeds or untreated seeds. So all the process of growing and our our perspective on how to grow produce, it's very, very clean perspective. We call it post, post B or even post organic. So uh, for us, it's uh, very, very clean. It's another way of to be transparent to the end consumer that we're trying to grow it as clean as possible. But in the end, when you use today hydroponics, you use light, you use water, you are trying to mimic the conditions that you have in the nature and bring them into a close facility and even enhance taste and textures by improving light recipes, for example. Uh, so it's, I would say it's even very natural process. And on the other hand, if you look on soil, most of the consumption that we have currently coming for a soil that is treated with chemicals for many years. It's a dead soil and we don't let our soil to recover after those years of using those chemical pesticides. So it's also something that is important uh, to say that uh, agriculture is not uh, romantic as it was before that uh, the basilicum comes from a uh, from the mountains of Tuscany or uh, from uh, south of France, it's, uh, things are changing, especially when uh, everything being industrialized, so to
0: say. But it, but, it, but it also kind of seems to fit with the, it's in tune with what tomorrow's consumers want as well. They seem to like this kind of story that you're telling. Is that right?
1: Yes, I would say that the end consumers in the end, as the consumption changing and many things are also moving to e-commerce and you have the internet, people start to read, they understand much better. They really want to know what they put into their bodies and also naturally also the way they are eating is changing a lot. So people want healthy food, they want to know where it's coming from and they want to be sure there is no chemicals inside. Mm-hmm. and i think this is becoming much and much more important for them to see a brand there is there is no brand in this category of lettuces or greens and uh, that's what we're trying to create a brand in unbranded category that is very transparent and really stands behind taste freshness and very clean produce i would say
0: now i, I want to talk about those uh in farm units that we see in supermarkets in a moment but just uh just to understand these growing centers you've kind of unveiled this this story in the last uh, few weeks. Where will we see the first ones? Where are you going to be deploying them first?
1: So we deployed already the first one in Germany in uh, two facilities. We have already 10 active towers that are supplying uh, leading retailers in Germany such as Edeka, Aldi, Kaufland. Uh, The next one will come also to London very soon this year. Uh, We're going to send the first one also to several cities in Canada that will also be deployed there in Seattle as well. Uh, and in other countries in Europe, such as the Netherlands and France in Paris and in Switzerland in Zurich.
0: Wonderful. Now, as I mentioned just a moment ago, and and also at the top of the program, you've had a great take up from supermarkets for your in-farm units that, that you see in store. Where are you with that? I mean, how is that developing? And are you expecting to see the same positive reaction from retailers to these growing centers?
1: Well, for in terms of the in-store farms, the farms that you see inside of shops, we deployed more than 1,500 units already for uh, many more than 45 retailers, I would say, globally in the 10 countries we are operating in. So that's
0: uh, North America, Europe, and in Asia.
1: Yeah, exactly, yes. So uh, exactly 1,500 units inside of stores. Uh, today, we see this model keep it's still alive, people like it, people want those farms. People use it also as a very show element for new flagships or brand new renovated stores. So for them, it's bringing the freshness element, which we also naturally love. Uh, those stores are also getting from us a full service. So we have a farmer that comes twice a week. So it's kind of the agriculture milkman uh, to harvest the plant, speak with the people, uh, give them the taste of the real freshness from a plant that just been harvested. So the model keeps going. Uh, as I said, the, the, the growing centers, they are complementary to this business model, and they are making sure that we can supply much more produce and much more assortment from the central facilities that they will be always located within the city or within the region. So we always will stay local.
0: Well, it's fascinating stuff, and I'm looking forward to visiting your one in London when it comes. Daniel, that's all we've got time for today on Fruitbox. I was joined down the line by Daniel Katz, the Vice President of Corporate Sales at Infarm, based in Berlin. Daniel, thanks so much for coming on the program today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Now, you can find today's conversation with Daniel and the many others I'm having here at Fruitbox on our website, fruitnet.com. I think we're going to be talking a lot more about these kinds of technologies on Fruitbox uh, in future episodes. So do stay tuned and make sure Fruitbox remains your regular listen through 2021. And as I said, we post every episode at our website and I also share them through my profile on LinkedIn. So please do reshare to your followers too. And a big thanks from me in advance. That was Fruitbox and this is Chris White Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. To sponsor a future episode, please email advertising at fruitnet.com. You can follow us on Twitter at FruitNet Live. And don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the latest fresh produce industry news at fruitnet.com